Hey friends, welcome to It's All In My Head, where I talk to people about their experiences with mental health in a real, raw, and vulnerable way. I'm here to share stories that connect us to others in the way that mental health shows up for us, the challenges that we face, the stuff that gets us through, and perhaps most importantly, how we remain resilient. I'm your host, Joel Kaskinen. Hey, Sisu Squad, it is Joel Kaskinen, your host here. I am back for another episode of It's All In My Head. I like to sing my title. I don't know why, but I always do. So yeah, you're going to listen to me sing my my podcast title. Um, Anywho, I'm here today with a new friend, um, someone who we've been engaged with for quite a while online, but we've never like met in person or, you know, digitally until now. Um, but yeah, I am here with JD, the host of Dark Dark Days, Bright Nights podcast. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna chat about mental health. So JD, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and kind of sharing a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of the conversation Absolutely. i'm excited to be here you can sing you can sing your intro you can sing the whole episode if you really want to uh, <laughs> not, not even I, like sitting here gonna look at you and go um what did i step I, into i promise no one wants to hear me sing the entire episode <laughs> i will lose never know that might I will be that lose one listener so fast <laughs> uh thank you uh for for allowing me to be here um I, I enjoy like connecting and, and conversing. I think I could probably, if, if time allowed, I could do it all day long. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the, the host and founder of Dark Days, Bright Nights, uh, which through conversations, uh, you know, just like this and through just my experience of, of running the, a business for the past five years has kind of morphed into what you see now of coaching for those that need a, a better direction when it comes to their their mental health. Um, I started off as a just a certified health coach. Um, so I'm certified for the American Council of Exercise. And I started just kind of realizing that everything that I was talking about, I don't like talking about um, telling you what to, what to eat, how to work out, all those kind of things that typically go along with health. Um, I enjoy those things personally, but I was finding that it all kind of circled back towards your mindset and you know the struggle to to actually do what somebody was you know prescribing for you and I, I you know just through my own trials and tribulations personally and then seeing seeing that around me just you know watching program after program be issued to somebody or you know, challenge a 30 day challenge after 30 day challenge, you know, to how many pushups and how, how many glasses of water could you drink? I'm like, we're doing this constantly for a reason. And that reason is because we're not paying attention to our mental health, um, both, you know, the severity of it or even just the simplicity of it. Um, so after about five years of just kind of paying attention to everything when it came to health, I realized that that's the conversation that needed to be had. And I like to talk and I realize that a lot of other people like to talk and need to talk about those things. And I have always believed in the power of telling your story and mm -hmm. believed in the power of understanding your own truths. And so that's kind of where I've hung my laurels and kind of went from there with it. And so here I am um, four months in, so just completely changing course um, and setting sail. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it. No, no matter where it goes, I think you're, you're on the right path and you, your journey's fun, you know, or at least it sounds fun. It appears fun. It sounds fun. Right? <laughs> so I'm curious to see where it goes, but yeah. um, so JD, you, I've kind of prepared you, you, you know, the drill here um, as a fellow podcaster, you also know kind of the structured questions sure. um, that people ask, but uh, yeah, the really only like big major structured question that I ask my guests is 
what's your relationship with mental health and where are you at in your journey today? Sure. I, I'm thankful to have a, a family that I, I feel to some degree has, has been able to share what's going on. Um, and it's certainly a, a progression. Uh, I think even just this morning, wife and I were talking at breakfast about the fact that, you know, our families have hard times like sharing, you know, big events, uh, tragic events, deaths in families or emergencies. And we're all getting older and those, those events are becoming, you know, more and more possible. And as I'm sitting there relaying, you know, how we feel about it, I, you know, kind of stepping back and, and noting that when we were younger and I have a younger brother, he's five years younger than I, that there was a lot of things that he and I just didn't know. Um, and our parents didn't tell us, not necessarily, I mean, shelter would probably be the word that you'd like to use, but I don't know if it was a conscious effort on their part to like, no, 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 like, we don't want to show them the world is terrible. Um, you know, we knew that they had their own hardships too, but um, I've at least had a conversation, you know, to some degree, you know, my entire life about, you know, how important it is to, to understand how you feel and understand how other people feel. Um, my mom always tells us that living with compassion and grace will get you so much farther in life than, than anything else. Um, and those are two too large feelings, um, too big emotions. Um, and so it's kind of always been there, but then again, at the same time, I've never, I never really dealt with death. Um, I never had these big tragic moments until much later on in my life. Um, my wife's father passed away, you know, my mom's mom passed away. Um, and then my mom's older sister, but all those kind of happened starting at least around like middle school and after, um, and not to say that you need something to happen when you're younger, but you know, farther on in life to, to have to really kind of grapple with these larger things. So it's always floated around me. Um, my wife likes to tell me that I'm the, I'm the dreamer, um, which equates to, I'll tell you how I feel. Um, and, and for better or for worse, sometimes it comes out as an emotion of somebody, you know, cutting you off in traffic and having to be reminded that you don't need to say anything. You don't need to do anything. Um, <laughs> But I'm not afraid to I'm not afraid to talk about those things. And so for me personally, you know, it's it doesn't make it easier, you know, as I've gone through situations in my own personal life of, you know, starting this own business, you know, was one of them. I, you know, felt good about it. But if you would ask me six, seven years ago if that was going to be a thing, that no, I don't want that stress. I don't want that anxiety. Um, but then I said again, I said the same thing as the teacher. My mom asked me if I wanted to be her assistant and, you know, to apply for the job and see how that works. I'm like, no, mom, I, I watched you teaching. Like you stay up to one o'clock in the morning. It's like a mess. Um, so I've said that along the way um, and been aware. And then, so, you know, it's the same thing when it comes to my emotions, my mental health, it's like, well, you know, I know when that happens, I feel good about sharing it, but then at the same time, I don't necessarily have, know how to deal with it either. Um, so all that kind of equated to, to what I do as well. It's like, I'm not alone in, in thinking like that, that here I am, I'm, I'm okay with sharing my emotions. I'm okay with telling you that I feel depressed, telling you that I feel anxious, telling you that I pretty much feel that I'm a failure. Anything and everything between, uh, I also don't know how to necessarily deal with it. Um, and so many people are like that and you know, are the extreme of it, that they, they don't want to admit those things um, and that, you know, puts itself on a whole other path of, of not seeking help or not thinking you need help or any and all that. So I would say that I probably have like one of the best relationships when it comes to my own mental health. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm in perfect mental health. Um, you know, I, I think it just means that I'm aware of every aspect of it um, and I'm willing to do whatever it needed to be to, to at least make myself feel better. Um, and then ultimately those people around me, you know, I, and it's not even just the work that I do. It's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a personal awareness. It's being understanding of other people and, and what they must be going through and not feeling like you need to fix them. Um, so I think that's where we go wrong. A lot of times is that we all have that innate, you know, feeling that we have, we're responsible for fixing everybody and having that answer and that solution. Definitely. And we don't. Um, and that's okay. But that's hard for people to say and hard for people to admit that 
look, I don't have that answer, um, but I like that. And I like that as a teacher. Um, and so that's probably where it all comes from is just that, I mean, I, I've had a, a degree in psychology um, from the moment I stepped into to college. Um, I knew that being around people was important enough to me. And I could see that in my parents, despite, you know, the trials and tribulations that I know my dad had as, as a child and things of that nature. I knew it was possible to still enjoy people. Um, so it's kind of always been there. Um, so a healthy relationship with mental health, but healthy doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you, you don't come with your own baggage. You don't come with your own ailments. You know, it's, it's, it's not always rainbows. Um, sometimes it's pouring down rain like it is here. Um, and that's all right. Yeah. Um, which is awesome, you know, for, for most days. Um, it's not when you have to pack an 18 month into a car. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I like rainy days and I'm I'm probably the one few people that's like, oh, cool. Um, but it's a good symbol. I just, I was genuinely curious if that was like a metaphor, like for life in general, (laughs) or if it was actually raining. It's actually raining. Like Um, that's so poetic. Yeah. (laughs) That was totally planned. Thank you universe. (laughs) um no I mean but I I think that I'm like that that, that, like I said my 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 wife will definitely call me the the dreamer but I'm the person that will find that you know there's a purpose and there's a meaning and there's a reason why this happened and that that doesn't necessarily she'll be the first to tell you that one too that she's not that person that was like well that just happened because it happened um and that doesn't come with any cynicism it's just you know there's a realistic side and so yes yes that that's a good there's the metaphor if you want one um that there is a balance it doesn't necessarily come within you know two human beings that's that should come you know within one human being that it's like Mm -hmm. okay things are going to be awful and and things are going to be great um they're they're never going to be one thing at the same time um there's always going to be some aspects of that um so yeah I, i mean it's it's a hard pill to swallow i think for for me most days that, you know, I am not okay all the time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I think I, I can safely say that here I am at 41, that that's one of the things that I, I know I'm good at is that, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with whatever feeling that is and can find the, the calm and the chaos, I guess, so to speak. Um, so I don't know where that comes from. I, I, I love that. <laughs> finding the calm and the chaos that's yeah. that's that's a good one it was I'm my metaphor to... as a middle school teacher um, okay and I think it's just kind of translated itself as I've done other things um I, I used to call it controlled chaos in the classroom mm-hmm. because if you so Montessori philosophy um is very open when it comes to you know what you look in a classroom there is absolutely structure it's not necessarily though at the forefront. You know, if you walk into a standard classroom, well, I don't know what it looks like now. I feel like the standard classroom is that (laughs) the whole definition got erased two years ago. Um, Yes. But, you know, you traditionally see, you know, desks and rows and, you know, kind of focus with the chalkboard up front or there's there's aging myself, the the whiteboard or the digital screen in front. The chalkboard (laughs) was the caveman era, but anyway. the Montessori classroom doesn't look like that. You don't see these desks in rows. There's desks, mm-hmm. there's places to work. But any outside observer that would come into our classroom, you look at, I mean, this kid's just kind of not running around necessarily. Um, but, you know, you'd have a kid over here doing this lesson by themselves. They'd have a kid over on that side. Maybe they were the teacher doing one-on-one work. Um, there was so much going on. And so it looked chaotic. Um, our role as the, as the, the generalists, the, you know, the directors in the classroom was to kind of, you know, manage that chaos and control that chaos. And it even becomes more, you know, beautiful to think of like that, because, you know, again, if you can, if you can step back in your memory bank and think about middle school is the worst time in your life, um, hands down, because everything is changing. And so, yeah, I had to teach you math. Yes, I had to teach American history. Yes, I had to control every aspect in the classroom as far as lesson plans and what other teachers were doing and field trips. But at the end of the day, like that's not what was, that's not what excited me. I got to sit down with some kids that 
you know, sometimes they'd come and look at you, you know, at the end of the day or in the middle of the day and they'd sit down at your desk and I'm like, what's up, Ethan? Oh, nothing, Mr. Mr. JD. I just, I just wanted to sit here and just see how you're doing. Or, you know, they wanted to, to share that, you know, a question, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna say a life question, but what does that mean at that point? But some big thing that just kind of floors you and goes, you, well, you didn't want to ask me about what we just talked about in the let. And so those kind of conversations, it makes it very clear mm -hmm. that it's what you need to be talking about. And so it's kind of just branched into to me as an adult that you don't change. Um, my 18 month old is exactly like my middle schoolers. And <laughs> even though he's my son, like I'm just like him. The only difference as you progress is you become more understanding of what the label is of that emotion. And you're mm -hmm. more aware of how to how to say something about it, right? Totally, I mean, totally. The my son at the moment, like he's he's got a, a vocabulary, we'll call it that, but he can't tell you other, you know, other than you know, laughing or crying. Like that's it. And you could get completely impatient and you could get completely upset at him. Um, but then you realize like that's all he can do. That's all mm -hmm. he can say. That's all he can. So what do I can, what else can we do is, is just, you know, what do you need? You know, what, tell us, show us, you, you know, fast forward to being an adolescent, like I'm sad. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I, I just, you know, Steven did this to me and, or I was at home and my mom said this, but you have the words now, but you're not really sure what that meant, what mom said or what Steven did, but you know, that it makes you feel sad. And now here, I almost said the end of my life. There's a, a progressive 40. Um, that's, how, that's how old I feel some days. Um, <laughs> I have more of an understanding or you should have more of an understanding. And I think that's what we have to pay attention to as you progress through life is that, you know, what do those things mean? And hopefully somebody's helping you along with that. You're not yeah, like, oh, yeah. okay, now what does sad mean? Well, sad means that I lost my job. Okay, mm -hmm. well, what does losing your job mean to you financially, emotionally, physically, you know, all those things. Um, it's helping somebody, somebody needs to be helping and you need to be helping yourself along with it to find what that emotion is. And somewhere along the way, that doesn't happen for people. And so you hear this, you know, this is an conglomerate of, of need for therapy and conversations like this. And I don't want to say that it's simple, but it's, it's also not an extreme um, conversation that needs to ha be having, you know, we don't need to be necessarily discussing, um, medications and, and, you know, long-term fixes all the time. Sometimes it's, and it's not even just about, you know, super simple. Well, tell me about your, your relationship with your mom. It's not even as simple as that, right? It, there's some kind of in-between ground that we're missing as a puzzle piece. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's ultimately what I, I, I hope to find when it comes to, you know, what I do, you know, talks like this, you know, meeting other people like you, um, you know, people listening to the podcast that it just signals a light bulb for you to go, oh, okay. That's what I'm not considering. Um, not a fix, uh, you know, it's like I said, I'm just other options and other pathways. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, right? I mean, there's no, you can't sit here and, and take a look at depression, for instance, and be like, okay, listen, you need to meditate for four hours a day. You need to journal and you need to step outside. And while you're outside, make sure you're smiling the whole time. Your depression will be gone in two weeks. No, uh, you know, maybe one of those things works, but there's a possibility that none of those things will work. Mm -hmm. right? Or you're going to look at me and go, um, do you have four hours in the day to meditate? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think that's where we get, I mean, you could look at health as a whole like that for sure, right? Um, you know, just look at like the the diet culture, right? That yes. you, know, you just want to look at you and go, okay, well, you lost 80 pounds. How'd you do it? Well, I ate nothing but oranges for four months and it worked. Um, you did That well. sounds miserable. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, so plug in any of those, like those fixes, right? You know, well, you know, as long as you, I saw somebody like tweet about that the other day. It was, and I think, I don't know if they were joking, but they said something about, something about keto, but it was also mixed in with like intermittent fasting. And I'm like, there it is, right? There, like there's part of the problem right there. Like 
we're not answering something in your life. I don't know what it is. And not to say that neither of those things are good and, and don't work for people, but it's that like somebody was like, Hey, try this. Okay. How many, how many, how many smoothies can I have in a day? Okay. Do I need to have, you know, peanut butter in the, in the smoothie? No. Okay. Um, can I eat steak? No. All right. You know, it's like, it's just this like, ah, same thing with working out. Right. And so mental health to me is, is no different. You know, we just kind of, we can't see it necessarily, you know, it manifests in physical form. Sure. But you know, you can't touch it, but it's the same thing. It's, it's like, okay, you're happy. What happened? How did you do it? Well, all I did was wake up in one day and say, screw it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to start this business or I'm going to, you know, um, apply for this job. And I'm, you know, as soon as I made a million dollars, it worked. No, you know, this, that worked for you, but I think that's kind of where I landed with, with telling people stories that I just got tired of hearing in the business realm of it, especially, you know, people telling you that, Hey, do this and you'll be successful. Well, what was the rest of your story, you know, and you come to find out that you started with a six figure job mm-hmm. to meet you mm-hmm. telling me that, Hey, you just need to start and jump off the cliff. You'll be fine. Well, I have this in my account right now. Um, a big giant one of the, of the donut, not six million, you know, or not a six figure, you know, income that I had prior to it, you know, and so it it, it kind of just branches from there that you know, where I am with with telling people stories. It's not it's not for you to go, oh, well, they're terrible too. Um, I'm fine. I'm not going to fix this. It's for it's for people to sit there and go, oh, well, not only did they make it out, but they actually did. They actually talked about, I don't know, um, the fact that stubbing their toe the other day caused them to not only have physical pain, but they were upset because they couldn't walk and walking is something that makes them happy. And they couldn't do that for three weeks. You know, it was like, oh, I forgot to think about that piece, you know, um, and that's hard. I and mean, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's the reality, I think, with a lot of it when it comes to mental health. Totally. I think what I'm hearing you say, JD, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but for you, I think what I'm hearing is that mental health comes down to grace, compassion, storytelling, and lastly, language. Yeah. I think that like the way that you just described all of that was so good. Like there were so many pieces that just kind of fell into place (laughs) into your journey like today and to like where you're at but like the four themes that like kept coming up as you were speaking at least as the person on the other end you know receiving this conversation those were the four themes that kept coming back and I just I think it's really cool that like you do think about how mental health is related to everything else in the world and you know like that's why we're here is we have to have these basic and simple and like very fundamental conversations that revolve around language and feelings and telling people's stories I just it's really cool that all of that connects for you the way that it it does does. and and the conversation is probably the biggest piece um in my opinion I mean sure you know compassion and grace um and that's just a you know your own personal values that should be inserted in there um for sure but it's the conversation, right? I mean, we, we've kind of dumbed it down throughout the years um, and simplified it and wanted to make it quick to the point that it's like, well, um, now can you just text that to me? You know, well, um, what do you mean? You don't want me to talk like on the phone? Like, oh, okay. Um, it's that, like, we forgot how to, I don't say we forgot how to talk, but we forgot how to have, how to, how to have a conversation. Um, yeah, totally. Zoom, we zoom through it. Um, no pun intended here, since we're sitting on a Zoom call, but <laughs> we we fly through it, and and, and we, we and forget. then it's done, and we don't think about it anymore. Right. You know, you want uh, you know, in the case of you know, and I'm learning from being on the other end of these interviews, but you know, certainly as I was doing my own for a while there, I you know. I wasn't necessarily doing it, but I could start to feel myself going, okay, well, what's the next big conversation and what's the next big soundbite? And I think for a lot of people, that's, that's how they treat these things is, is like, okay, well, I gotta have that person. If I have that person, that person's gonna say something cool and then I look cool. No, you just wanna talk to that person. 
if they say something cool, great, but you've connected with somebody, you know, and I, I can feel those things. I can feel that personally when I'm like out, you know, walking about with people that, that, that whole cliche saying like, if they didn't give off a good vibe. I'm the, I'm the guy they're talking about. Like I, I'm the one that's like, <laughs> uh, I don't feel good about this. Um, yeah. Or they were a nice person. Um, but I mean, it, it's that, I mean, we don't, we've, we've dumbed it down to a like button, uh, you know, a double tap or just a quick, like, you know, retweet of things, which is all great by themselves, but it's like, I, so for me, for example, with those things, if, if somebody said something great, but within it, they ask a question on that social media post and I don't, I don't either don't have the time to answer because I'm looking at it at 930 at night when I should just be reading my book or I don't necessarily feel the, the impulse to reply because you don't have to reply to everything. I won't touch that like button. As great as that comment that they may have made before it was, I'm not because that's not fair to that person. They were asking for an engagement and a, totally, and a dialogue. Totally. Um, and I'm not talking about like, you know, you know, what was your favorite movie or, you know, how do you feel about, you know, 80s pop culture? Like not those kind of questions. Like, you know, the, the ones that are introspective that if you and I were sitting in, in a coffee shop, you'd ask and go, huh, I won't. Um, and I think a lot of people don't think like that. And so mm -hmm. there's, you know, to me, like the art of conversation is, is slowly like dissipating and it's yeah, some degree. it's um, definitely evolved that's for sure it's know? evolved um, that's probably a better way of nicely putting it my um, some of my closest friends um tease me because i do not do a small talk very well like i'm just not good terrible. at it it's terrible it's why as an extrovert i suck at networking events because yeah. i I just, that's not me. Like I don't no. do small talk. Like I'm the kind of guy that like you get to know me in the first five seconds of knowing me because I'm going to ask you your entire life story and I'm going <laughs> to tell you mine because I don't give a fuck about the weather. I don't care whether your favorite color is green or that you work for, I don't know, Dell. It like that, that stuff doesn't matter to me. Like yeah what ignites your fire and like, how are you feeling today? And why are like, why are you here? Like what got you are here? You, you know, right. those are the things like, I like, it's, I have this little like button, the little like pins that you put on your clothes <laughs> or your backpack or whatever that this um, same group of friends got me. And it says chit chat survivor because <laughs> like, I'm not someone who yeah. just chit chats. I'm someone who life talks. Yeah. And it's, I mean, <laughs> It's true. And I mean, I, I, I get it that like that kind of segues, but I think what, what, what's more beneficial to, to having that kind of small talk, like that a question, like, you know, what the weather is or whatever is like, you know, you might be asking small, it's not helping it is getting to a, an answer that like opens the door and, mm -hmm. a, and, and a great networking, you know, conversation. Somebody tells you like how to do it. That's what they're going to tell you. Hopefully they're saying that, you know, small talk is fine but there's a parentheses or a but, and I enjoy that. Like I'll, I'm observant enough and hyper observant to apparently it's it's come out in our son um, that nothing gets by him. And I'm the kind of the same way, to, but it's to a fault some days, but I look for the things that you might wanna have a conversation with, or if we're standing in a room together and I hear you talking, I'll ask something naturally sounding hopefully that um makes you sit there and and say that so that i can continue that deep conversation with mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. um but it's not it's i always joke and I'm, I'm not the creative person that would ever make it be able to make a video like that but i i would love for somebody to sit here and and video and and put together something of a an interaction in public that simulates what would happen as, as a text message or uh you know a, a twitter conversation or whatever because you'd find out real quick that you, you that it doesn't work that it, it's offensive at that point you know if, if you asked uh, your friend at a coffee shop we'll go back there you've asked them something serious you know how how they're feeling today and and tell me tell me what what happened with you know what's bothering you or you know, something that's going to make you sit there and really have to elaborate and they just gave you like a thumbs up or a thumbs down emoji kind of thing mm -hmm. in, in public mm -hmm. you look at them and be like what the are you serious with right now like i just asked you something something personal 
and that's what you're responding with, you'd be offended, but we're not. Like you just look at it and go, okay, well, I guess we're done with the, the conversation. The, my favorite one though, and I'm not sure how my mom figured it out, um, is on text messages, at least on an iPhone, that you can, you can like the text message. And most of the time she'll add, like she'll like put a heart to the whatever I just said. Um, she'll add something to it. But sometimes it's like, you know, you ask her a, an important question to some degree. And to me, everything's important. So I get it that she feels that one and, and screens it. But sometimes it just put a heart to it. And I'm like, mom, like there was a question there. Like you can't just, <laughs> but it's that, you know, that's not helping us. That's not helping our, our, our mental health at all. Um, that we, you know, we forget to, we forget to talk. And then on top of that, what, 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 what comes naturally with that is that we're not listening either because mm -hmm. um, we didn't give people a chance to talk, um, let alone, you know, how to talk to somebody. That's a whole nother conversation for a different day that, you know, can tell you many times I get, you know, emails or direct messages or whatever that don't start with a good morning or a hello or anything like that. And it's like, I used to be the person that would sarcastically answer that one back and be like, well, good morning to you too. Um, yeah. And I just kind of gave up and I'm like, this is where we're at. Like, cause that's how we start everything. We don't, we don't care, you know, about the formalities of it. And I don't know where that is. I don't know what, did we miss that somewhere? Um, do we not have enough classes anymore that, you know, you have those kind of, you know, you know, conversations being had. I mean, look how many YouTube people that are out there and they're making millions. <laughs> Every one of their videos starts with a, so what's up? And I'm like, wait, hold on. Like if you stepped out onto a stage, unless you were a comedian or a rock star, you, you'd wait for the, you know, and, and kind of give an introduction or a, a more formal, like, hello, you wouldn't have this. So um, welcome to the channel. You, you'd be a little bit more professional, I, don't, I guess, but I don't know, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm old with that, but that's, that's a huge part, in my opinion, um, I, you know, I, I, that we're missing when it comes to helping our, our, our own minds, mm -hmm. you know, or we've, we've all got something that we want to tell. Like you said, I mean, you're interested in, in people's life stories and, and I'm equally interested in the story that you have to tell and what you, what you want to tell, I guess I should say, you know, um, cause there's things that people, people want to know and that people need to know. Um, and the things that people want to know are probably not important to the overall story and sure, sure. not necessary, at least for, you know, what you need to get off of your mind and your chest. Um, but it nonetheless important to you. Um, so I always kind of like stress that, that yes, I, I truly believe that we have to tell our stories and that you should be talking more. That doesn't mean you need to tell me everything. You're allowed to, to hold on to things mm -hmm. that don't necessarily, you know, further the story or aren't doing anything more than fueling some of the drama or fueling more negativity or whatever the case may be. Um, but you also have to be careful that are you not sharing that because you don't feel comfortable sharing that or are you not sharing that because it's just it's not something that necessarily needs to be known. Um, but nonetheless, you're right. I mean, we, 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 we need to talk more. Um, and that's yeah, definitely. Where I landed. Um, I love it. I love it. We um, <laughs> at work. So I work for a suicide prevention nonprofit and we have um, just a, a saying that uh, we, I use in our social media pages pretty often because um, I manage our communications and social media and all of that jazz. But um, I often use the phrase storytelling is suicide prevention. Yeah. And it's like, it, it so is like, you telling your story and maybe it's just a piece of it. Maybe it's the whole thing. Who knows? Like Who knows? whatever you want to or need to share, like that's part of your story. And that's part of yeah. keeping the conversation alive yeah. and therefore ultimately keeping you and others alive, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just, I love that everything that you keep saying is like <laughs> rooted in that like one and, premise. And, I mean, you're absolutely right with that. I mean, it's beautiful to say that. And you know, if you take a look at, you know, some of the higher profile situations of people that are, you know, 
committed suicide just in the past five, 10 years, right? You, I mean, they're musicians, they're artists, and mm-hmm. you hate that phrase at that point that hindsight is twenty twenty. but that's what they were doing was telling their story. And it's like, well, don't, don't glorify and, and romanticize the line in their song. That's what they were, they were trying to talk. You know, what, yeah. we're the ones that should sit here and feel, feel bad right now that we weren't listening to that story. Um, but everybody does that. They not, may not necessarily be singing the song, but they did it somewhere. You know, they either wrote it down and sent it to you in a text message and you were like, cool, dude, thumbs up emoji. <laughs> or, you know, they were sitting in front of you and they were telling you and you were too busy with your head and your phone and just went, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it'd be all right, man. You know, it was, it's some version of that got told somewhere and you potentially just made them shut the door and go, okay, well, mm-hmm. I tried. And I guess what they're telling me is that I'm on my own. Well, if I'm on my own devices, then here's the solutions I see. And that's yeah. not the great ones, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great saying that. And like, But there's a good example of how it sounds so simple, but it's like, how do you get somebody to sit there and pay attention to that and go, oh, you mean I need to journal more? Well, sure, if that works for you. Do you like writing? No, well then try it. But if, if you don't, to do it some way, you know, whether that's, you know, I don't know, starting a blog, maybe you, you know, you do it there. Maybe you record a voice memo of yourself every night, something, you know, you're putting it out there. And then the simple part becomes where you go, oh, I'm kind of sad. This isn't good. Uh, you know, all right, step two, what's step two? Well, maybe I go talk to this guy on the podcast that does all this work and he has conversations. That feels kind of like a light step, right? Let me do that. I don't, I don't know if I need therapy. And then me steps in and I'll tell you right away, I'm not an expert. I, you know, I'm certified to some degree with it, but the minute you came to me with something that you put down in your journal and you were having these crazy, you know, upset, morbid thoughts, I'll be the first to tell you that I'll still talk to you. I'm glad to listen. That's, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not just paid to listen. I, I enjoy it. Um, but I'll tell you that you need to have therapy. Okay. Well, I don't really know you, but you were a nice step approach for me to realize that. And thanks for being an outside source that's listening. I'm going to have therapy. I, I definitely should go see a therapist or whatever the next big step for you is, right? Um, that's what we should be striving for is, is to get, you know, as advocates, as allies, is to help people get to that step, to that person that's way bigger than you. Mm-hmm. That can really be of help. Um, cause we miss that step that, that, you know, when the minute we admit that we need help, it's like, oh, well, I, I just failed at life and no, I, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. Um, and we don't realize that I think enough that, okay, that's a big step. And so, you know, we kind of wash that over with these, I don't want to call them cliche sayings, but the sayings you hear over and over again when it comes to mental health and they're great don't get me wrong i mean there's certainly a step but it's like you kind of blanket over it when you tell somebody that self-care isn't selfish or mental health matters or you know let's stop the stigma you know all those things it's like it it's like you kind of put the put the kibosh on it uh you know of having any further discussion about it. it's like yeah my mental health does matter okay well step two you know, and, but we don't, right? I mean, we just, and there, there's where the, the, the saying that, you know, or at least the, the, the name for everything that I do, this dark days, bright nights came from is, is that, that we have these, these dark moments all day mm-hmm. long. And the only time that it becomes brighter is at night when we go to sleep. And that's because our brain shut off. Um, we, we actually got a chance to, to process something, but we're not processing it when we should be. Sure. During sure. the day. Um, and that's, that's what we should all be hoping for or striving for is having that next step conversation, right? You, you know, we do that when it comes to the health, with the health world as well, right? You know, we look at cancer, you have all these fun sayings when it comes, fun, fun sayings when it comes to cancer. And it's like, okay, step two. Um, my wife does deal with it all day. I, I mean, I, when she's here, I get to hear her end of the conversation, but Obviously, we're not having you know personal conversations about particular clients, but if you had to sum it into one one ball, 
of, of how these people are, it's that they're, they're not taking the next step. Maybe they went to go see the doctor and they know what they need to do, but you know, they're not paying attention about going, going to the emergency room when they've had a bloody nose for the past several hours or this pain that's been happening all weekend. And, you know, it's, it's that. And so it's very clear right away that mental health is, is in all aspects and all facets that we're not doing that next step, that next, okay, I've kind of faced the demon and said, yep, I'm depressed. That's step one. Next step is, is something bigger than you. And has to happen you know you can't and you shouldn't do it alone at all i love it that <laughs> next step what is the next step we've got to find it and yeah. we've got to find a way to normalize it in our conversations and in the you know the world that we're working in so and we i mean there is no answer for that I mean, <laughs> exactly nobody at least not, you know, someone like you and I, I mean, we certainly, certainly shouldn't be the one that's sitting here saying, listen, you're feeling this way, do this. There's no way that you can do that. Um, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, it, it, it means that, you know, you can admit that you have to kind of do some soul searching and do some work, but nobody, nobody wants to work anyway. Um, True. You know, <laughs> physically anyway. Right. I mean, we, you have a, places with shortages of jobs and, and people that are like, oh, I don't make any money and none of them are talking, right? So of course, it's the same thing when it comes to your health. It's like, oh, okay, well, I don't, I gotta, it's not gonna happen overnight. Well, I can't just take a, a pill for that. I can't just eat that. No, you're gonna need to do this probably for a good couple of years, always. Um, oh, forget it. I'll just be sad. Um, <laughs> or I'll just, you know, complain about my, me being overweight meanwhile i'm you know having a cheeseburger for every meal like no like you have to really do some work and i think you know that's the other thing like we you know it, that's the the next step i guess maybe as an advocate and ally the other thing you should be doing is being able to tell somebody that look it's you have to work at this like mm -hmm. there's no no easy way to do it we're so used to quick fixes and 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 quick everything and 99% of things in life aren't that, you know, um, and that's okay. Uh, it's absolutely okay. It's wonderful in my opinion. It's just part of what makes us us. Yeah, <laughs> makes us human is absolutely. that we're always, we're always working towards something and <laughs> whether that's self-care or self-betterment or something. a job or th that next cheeseburger, yeah. who knows? Right, like, we're, right. all working, we're all working for something. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I hate that our time is going by so quickly because I feel like I could have conversation with you all day. But, I mean, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, like I said, I, mean, I could talk all day um yeah yeah for the sake word. of time though um i want to just get back to the next question Shoot. Here, yeah. and that is jd i come from finnish heritage um i call my listeners the sisu squad sisu is a finnish term that translates to english loosely but it still translates um, to guts, determination, resilience, grit, strength, all of those kinds of words, all of those kinds of themes, all of those kinds of mentalities. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, I want to ask, what does Sissy mean to you today oh. as it as it relates to your own mental health? Yeah, I, I you know, I, when you when you shared the question with me, I, the first thing that comes to my head, um, and it's probably just a lifelong issue now, um, is going back to things I'm learning with my son. Um, and I'm certainly one that like, I'm not gonna tell you that I don't get frustrated at him, um, but I'm also the person that sit there and go, man, like, yep, learn that lesson. Um, and I've always been that kind of person, uh, you know, to some degree, it just, as I've gotten older, better and better at sitting there and going, okay. Um, I'm, I tell people all the time that it, the universe I believe slaps you hard in the face once. Um, yes. And you have two options. You either go, okay, I got it. That hurt. Um, this is not going to be a good path. You're right. So what do I need to change? What were you trying to tell me? Or you look at that, go, that's stung, but who cares? I'm going down that path anyway. Um, and so as you keep going, you start to realize that there are small moments like that for the rest of your life that 
may not be this hard, you know, knocking on your butt, but you have to, to really think about it that, okay, that set me backwards. What's next? What do I do with this? And so you use terms like, you know, grit and determination and resilient, and they, they're such strong words as they should be, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have this, have this like, you know, tough guy bodybuilder attitude is like, oh yeah, bro. It's not, it's just the fact that you have to look at whatever life is serving you at that moment and go, okay, now what, you know? And so when I look at just in terms of, and I think it's a beautiful analogy that one day I'll probably start a whole new podcast when it comes to being a, a parent, because <laughs> it's true. It's like everything I do, I could probably stick it in every episode. That just, so here's, here's today's life lesson from an 18 month old. You know, it's, they don't have any other choice. Um, they have to look at whatever you're doing, however you're helping them along. And so, you know, maybe as a, as a, as a little, little one, you know, two, three, four months, like not as much, but as you see it now, as you're looking at, you know, past the year mark for sure. And if I help him entirely do something, he, he's not going to figure that out for himself necessarily. He might eventually, but and I'm not saying it's a huge setback if I, you know, am always picking something up for him or always, you know, cleaning something up for him. But you're going to get down the road and go, why am I having such a hard time having him do X? And it's because you didn't help him learn that resiliency. You know, mm -hmm. you see it in the things that we're giving our children to, to do and, and play with, right? That It's like, oh, don't touch that. Don't do this. We Wife and I have nothing in our house and don't think that we have any like, you know, weapons of mass destruction that they would, he would touch, but <laughs> we've never put a lock on, on any of our cabinets. Granted, we only have maybe two cabinets in the kitchen. You know, there's like recycling and a few cleaning supplies. We have things anyway. I mean, we didn't go through the whole house and go, okay, what needs to be out of his reach? Um, you know, a few clean, but that's, that's there in the kitchen. And then in our bathroom, we have just our, you know, under the sink, there's mouthwash and face cleaners, maybe things like that. But I mean, not that we're hovering over him all the time, but we told him, no, that's not, that's not Daniel's. That's not yours. Didn't yell at him, but he figured out his boundaries. Mm -hmm, he also is going to, mm -hmm. for the rest of his life, learn how to test those boundaries. But along with that, you're, he's learning and we're learning how to become more resilient, how to, to be more independent, how to be more determined. And it's that kind of thing that goes along with you throughout life. Um, and that's something that I think we can, we can always take away and always appreciate. And I'm, I'm not saying everybody has to have a kid to find these lessons, but you should at least be stopping and going, okay, what just happened there? Um, and it may be something small. It may be something simple that, you know, maybe you were at the store and I'll use my example of somebody cutting me off in traffic, right? When I was younger, I'm not necessarily saying I was chasing somebody down, but I was going to at least let them know that they cut them off. I might have like flashed my lights, talked my horn, or I'm speeding up not to let you get in the lane. But as I got older, like, it's like, that's a ridiculous behavior. But what was happening there? Like, why did that person, are they a jerk maybe altogether? And that's the only lesson? Sure. Am I too much, you know, am I, am I trying too hard to get somewhere too fast and not slowing down? You know, that, and I'm not saying that every, everything in life has these huge, life lessons that need to be learned, but that you have to stop and pause and go, okay, why did I just get knocked on my butt just then, you know, physically and emotionally or mentally, what just happened and what can I learn? And the minute you can answer that question to some degree, it might be a question that you spend the rest of your life answering. The minute you can answer that to some degree, there's how you build resilience. There's how you build grit. Mm -hmm. There's how you become more independent and determined to do something just a little bit better the next day. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to make millions of dollars because you finally figured out that this is why your business isn't doing it. You know, just right now, um, you know, it, it can, it can go in every aspect you pick a, pick a, pick a genre, pick a business. I'll tell you exactly how that probably fits, but it's that it's just answering that small question that, okay. Thanks universe um, or God or Buddha or Allah, whatever it is. One of those, one of those individuals, those entities is whatever your faith lies in knocked you on your butt for a second. And, and you have to answer that question. Um, and my toddler's sake, that's falling off of a bike or tripping as he's, you know, running too fast and, you know, no, you didn't get hurt, but Hey, 
you, you gotta, you don't run so fast or, you know, watch where you're walking, you know, it's all those kind of things, you know, and mm. that happens the rest of your life. So lessons from a toddler um, <laughs> coming out next year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so um, true. It really, I mean, I, I mean, when he was first born, I, I said it like very seriously. And my mom was like, you know, you really need to, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to even like function right now. Like I'll figure it out eventually. Um, we have number two coming in July. I'm like, okay, I probably should think of something because I can have a whole nother mental health conversation for adults, you know, about parenting and not even just, not necessarily, like I said, like you don't have to have a kid. I'm, I'm not telling anybody that they need to have a kid in order, but you can learn a lot. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that's just the Montessorian in me that I was like that every day as a teacher, uh, you know, you go home and go, man, I have no recollection of what happened in middle schools. So I'm so glad that kid just did that. Cause I'm like, yeah, no wonder why I have this issue right now, because that's what happened to me. Thanks for, you know, illuminating that it's that, you know, it's, you have to get out there. You have to do the things that make you uncomfortable in order to illuminate the aspects in your life so that you can go, okay, check, like learn that lesson next, Definitely. you know, so Anyways, I love it. Life lessons from toddlers. When, um, <laughs> you can keep you that. Launch, I don't know if that's going to be a title, but um, <laughs> well, nonetheless, so when you launch it, uh, <laughs> I will be listening. That's so good. I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, JD. no, thank you um, for having me here. Of course, of course, and thank you for just you know sharing your wisdom and your perspective Absolutely. and. Um, you know, being another champion of the mental health of everyone's mental health. Um, But because this podcast is all about making connections and finding sense of belonging through community, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? I know that you have tons of projects going on and things that you're working on. (laughs) I make it extremely simple. Um, I realized long ago that, you know, I was doing way too much um, on different facets and I wasn't enjoying anything. Um, so I made it really easy. And if you just head to darkdaysbrightnights.org, um, you can find everything from this podcast uh, to the one-on-one work that I do with clients, uh, to my story projects, to just sitting around talking in a discord, um, all under one umbrella. Um, so you don't have to hear my name in all sorts of facets. If you want to be different though, and that's not where you want to go and you want to see fun pictures of a kid running around every once in a while, my wife and I, um, I'm at JD the Jedi, both on Twitter and Instagram. So there you go. Great. Well, thank you again so much. I appreciate you chatting with me today and can't wait to continue the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to connect with me, you can email me at itsallinmyhead.show at gmail.com, add me on Instagram at itsallinmyhead.show, or connect with me on Twitter at allinmyheadshow.